Amen. Amazing love. Thank you all. What a blessing. Please join with me in prayer. Amazing God, amazing love, and oh, amazing grace. Divine Spirit, be with me now, be with us now. Weave my hand to the gospel plow and tie my tongue to truth. Let us hear from you, the still speaking God, in our midst. This we pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So, we have another scripture this week. Last week, we were looking at John, and we got to hear that story of Doubting Thomas. And we got to talk about the value of our wounds and the value of Christ's wounds and how they sustain us in life and how our stories can bring about transformation in other people's lives if we share those wounds and we share how Jesus, God, has delivered us and moved us in our lives. Similar scripture this week coming from Luke. And I like the Gospels because each one of the Gospel writers kind of tell the story in a little different way. This time Jesus appears in the room and the disciples are somewhat frightened and then we get to this part where we find out that Jesus is actually hungry. And then I got to this little line that really kind of got my attention. He says, have you anything here to eat? And then it says, they gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate it in their presence. And I thought about this broiled fish. The translation I'm reading says broiled fish. But I thought to myself, oh, I know what the disciples were having. They were having a fish fry. And if you're from Houston or from Texas or Louisiana, you know what a fish fry is. At first I was thinking I could name it the catfish gospel. But then I realized some of my East Coast folks, Jolie, uh, may like whiting a little bit more. So I said, well, I'll just call it the fish fry gospel. So whatever fish you like, that's the fish that we're frying up in the deep fryer today. Now, I think the disciples weren't able to have as much fun with their fish fry because they probably didn't know much about cornmeal, and they probably did not have a deep fryer, and I doubt that they had any tartar sauce either. Maybe that's why the scripture says broiled fish and not fried fish. What I see in this scripture is a level of hospitality a level of generosity, and a level of giving. I remember growing up, Fridays were one of my favorite days, not only because it was the end of the school week, but because, and my family was not Catholic, but we ate fish every Friday. Grandmother was going to get in the kitchen and fry up the fish every Friday. The thing that I loved about these fish fries, and I don't know if your family was somewhat like mine, but everybody else knew in town that grandmother was fly frying up fish on Friday. There was always enough fish for everybody to eat. 
There was no RSVPs. There was no Facebook confirm you're coming messages. There was no, are you coming or not? Tell me what's happening. There was no BYOB or bring your own fish to fry. No, grandmother always had enough fish. Just so happened there was always fish left over and not always did the same people come every Friday, but there was always enough fish for everybody to eat. Always enough fish left over. And then I remember folks sitting around, you probably had this happen too, somebody would say, oh, we, didn't, we ran out of beer. Somebody would get up and they'll go and get the beer. Oh, we ran out of this. Somebody, we, somebody will get up and go and get it from the store. There was this radical kind of hospitality where all were provided for, everything that everybody needed at the fish fry was there. There was no potluck list. Nobody had to ask what folks was bringing. When we got together for the fish fry, all that we needed to eat, all the fun we wanted to have, all the sets of dominoes that needed to be there were there for enough people to have four and five and six games. There were enough cards for people to play spades. There was enough Bobby Blue Bland records for me to play as they were all sitting there. There was enough BB King, there was enough jazz, there was enough Luther Vandross before he got the good curl. All of that stuff, <laughs> all of that stuff was readily available for us to have a good old time. We didn't have to plan for it. It was radical, what I call radical hospitality, where anybody who was hungry, anybody who was in need in that moment was able to get exactly what they needed. And I remember when Marcus and I first got together, there were some rough times for us and we would plan our budget around the fact that for Friday, we can run out of money on Thursday. <laughs> Friday, we knew we were going to eat. And we knew we were going to have a good time at my grandmother's house. For at least two years, I didn't have to worry about what I was going to eat on a Friday. Because what was needed was provided. And I bet there were a lot of other people who gathered at my grandmother's house who were hungry as well, too who were in need as well too. And maybe the only thing they could go buy was a six pack, or maybe the only thing they could bring was some extra tartar sauce, or maybe the only thing they could bring was ketchup, or maybe the only thing they could bring was that deck of cards that they had in their shelf, or the dominoes, but they brought themselves. All was provided, not planned, just automatically provided. Radical hospitality. It is this Jesus that comes to depend on this radical hospitality. Even though they are frightened, Jesus asks for the fish and they still provide it. Now get this, last week we talked about the wounds of Jesus, that this resurrected Christ, all this power that brought Jesus up out of the grave, but yet these markings, these wounds were still left. This week, we catch up with Jesus, and he says, see my wounds again, see my hands, see my feet. Oh, and by the way, this time I am hungry. Do you have anything to eat? The resurrected Christ, the child of God, out of the grave, is hungry, wanting something to eat. How are we to experience this resurrected Christ. 
This is the same Jesus that stood on that hill and fed 5,000 people. This is the same Jesus who sat around the table at the Last Supper and washed the feet of the disciples and fed the disciples. And this week, on the other side of the cross, after being resurrected from the dead, this Jesus says, I am hungry. Do you have anything to eat? Before the cross, Jesus as though it seems in what we have read, could do it all, could provide for it all, could give his all, could heal all, could feed all. But now this Jesus on the other side of the cross is dependent upon us. This Jesus on the other side of the cross cannot even eat unless we feed him. This Jesus on the other side of the cross cannot even take care of his own wounds unless we take care of them. This Jesus on the other side of the cross, on the other side of resurrection, shows up saying, I am in need. It is this same Jesus that we met on the road healing and supplying people and taking care of people. It is the same Jesus on the other side of the cross that needs us. Jolie read from 1 John, Beloved, we are God's children now. What we will be has not yet been revealed. What we do know is this, when he is revealed, when spirit is revealed, when we will be like him, for we will see him as he is. And all who have this hope in him purify themselves. We will see him as he is. We will be like him. In other words, sometimes you are going to have to host the fish fry. Some other times, you are going to be dependent on somebody else's generosity so you can eat on that Friday. Other times you are going to be the guest at the fish fry, and sometimes you are going to provide the fish fry. If scripture is true, which I believe it is, and we will be like him, then that means before the cross, sometimes we're able to do everything that we need to do to take care of other people. But sometimes after we go through a cross-like experience, after we go through the grave and we still survive and say I'm alive, we may have to show up and say, look here are my wounds and guess what? I am hungry. Can you provide something for me? So if we are to follow Jesus, then that means sometimes we'll be the healer and sometimes we'll need to be healed. If we are to follow Jesus, that means that sometimes we'll be the provider and sometimes we will need to provide. On the other side of this cross, if we are to be like him, then we will see that sometimes we are demanding and calling for justice and saying this is not right and saying it is wrong. And other times we will have to say we need some justice and so we will bring about the justice that is needed. And other times we will be the one who provide the love. And then sometimes we will have to reach out and say, I just need to be loved. You cannot follow just the Jesus before the cross. 
We can't just follow the Jesus right after the cross, because that's the part we always like. Nobody, everybody wants to skip Good Friday. Everybody wants to skip the fact that he flipped those tables over in the temple. Everybody wants to get to the good part where he, he got up. Yay! No, 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 no. There was something before the cross, and there was something that happened after the cross. And what happened after the cross is that Jesus becomes the one that is in need. We might want to take a moment to say, where is Jesus showing up right now and scaring us and frightening us? Where is Jesus showing up right now where the Spirit is moving us to provide for Jesus and to provide for someone? Oh, you've heard it said, I saw Jesus in the face of the hungry child. I saw Jesus in the face of the homeless man in the street. Those are not just sweet sayings. There Jesus is waiting on us to provide for Jesus, the friend who is in need of prayer. We just lost somebody in the marriage club this week who is in need of support and care. Where is Jesus showing up right now in our lives where we can provide some hope and some caring? It's all right to say amen and clap. Thank you. <laughs> So, here comes the ask. <laughs> that wasn't two S's, that was an A-S-K. Here, here, comes, here comes the ask. <laughs> In two weeks, we're going to have the Great Love Garden Party. That party launches our Three Great Love Ministry, where we are seeking to bring about a just and better world. We can't save the whole world. We can only do our part, our share out of what we have. We can't go to the fish market and buy all the catfish and feed everybody in Houston. But we can go and buy little catfish, and we can go and do a little something, and we can go and provide a little something and make the world a better place. The Great Love Garden Party is raising money for our children at Sedegas Heights Village, which is our low-income housing that we, along with 15 other churches in Houston, own. We are hoping to be able to provide the gifts for them and have those resources available this summer. We'll also provide turkeys or grocery cards for them as well, too, to put food on their table for Thanksgiving. And then we'll also be seeking to help the Lone Star Veterans Association to help veterans found and start their own companies. And then we're currently exploring what can we do to protect our environment? What can we do to protect creation? There are hundreds of groups in the city of Houston. Can you believe this? In the oil and gas city, in the city where we're like, ooh, that pollution smells good, smells like money. Yes, in this city, we have organizations that are seeking to make the environment better for all of us. That is what this Great Love Garden Party is about. It is about us coming together with what little few resources we have and trying to make the best difference in someone else's life. The other part that it's about is honoring Pat Walker. I call her Mama Pat right here. <laughs> who has been a pillar and a foundation 
in this church. I cannot, yes. I cannot think of a better way to honor her than by starting our great loves in this particular way, in celebrating her and also celebrating our move to make the world a better place. This, my friends, is the fish fry gospel. Sometimes you're the host, sometimes you just show up to eat. Amen? Amen. God bless you. Please pray with me.